Welcome back to the Act Two Podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I'm Josh Hallman. And as a reminder, Act Two is now on Patreon. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> There's like one person like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a cricket far in the back. No, we're on Patreon backslash Act Two Writers. It's great. We're really, I mean, we already have content on there, but we're, I feel like, really kicking it off this month, this year. We're, we're doing in-person Q&A, not in-person, that's a lie, um, mm. <laughs> it, virtual <laughs> Q&As over Zoom where we answer your questions, we talk about your stories that you're writing. It's just putting our heads together in real time, getting to meet you all getting to have conversations in real time, which is great. And if you are on our Patreon, it's very cool. We have a community chat, which you can all be a part of, and we can just extend this conversation. Let's say you have a question about something we talked about on the podcast. You can just bring it up right in the chat and we can talk you through it during that week, mm -hmm. respond. It's, it's sort of a direct line to Josh and I, but also to other writers who are also in the Act 2 Patreon community. So. It's great. I love it. I hope you guys utilize it. It's and all all of it gets pumped back into trying to create more content for all of you. And yep. that's it. That's my pitch for I love it. Patreon. I love it. We're this is it. I'm I'm like this is where we're excited, I think. We sound really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, how was your holiday? Did you write? I did a little bit of writing. My wife and I are writing that pilot together. And so we yeah. kind of jumped into that for a little bit. And I did not do nearly as much as I should have. Did you? I did no writing whatsoever for two weeks. Nice. And it was terrible. No, it was terrible. I know. I was just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of it, you know it is. No. I was like, I feel like I can't wait to go back to work. Like I mm. can't. Like on January 2nd, I was like, oh, my computer. I love you so much. <laughs> Let's write things together. Yeah. But I did find that I was more open to inspiration. Like I I watched a lot of movies. There's a there's a pitch that I'm putting together that's like a a war movie kind of situation and I got to watch a lot of movies to inspire me to sort of get me into that headspace. And then I actually went to Disney World over the holiday. And yeah. I was watching, we went to Epcot and I was watching their, um, forget what the show is called. It's basically like all the countries singing together and it's about like unity and how we are all one people. Sure. And like, A, I started crying, but B, it really inspired me to like this war movie that I'm about to write. And so like, I just, my brain was just active. It's, is the point. Like I was just without yeah. writing it helped me just take in the world around me and yeah. everything, all those influences were, were hit, like just firing on all cylinders. And that was, that was great. So it made me very excited to come back to work. Yeah. I have to get to a place where I feel confident when taking a lot of time off from writing and being like, I can just jump right back into this because two things happen when I don't write for a while. Number one, I feel like I've forgotten how to write fully forgot. I'm like, how do I, I'll have to read scripts to kind of like get my brain activated and be like, oh yeah, yeah, interior, exterior, that's how we do this. And then number <laughs> two, I have this issue where, and this is super unhealthy, but I have this thing where I, ha I always remind myself, I'm like, I'm from Wisconsin. I came out here for a very specific reason. And 
I'm not ever, I'm not ever going to admit failure. And if I'm not writing, it starts seeping into that territory. I'm like, I'm failing. I'm not doing what I came out here to do. What am I doing with myself? Yeah. And so that even when I leave LA for too long, that, that comes over me. Yeah. It's very, that's interesting. No, I think it's great. (laughs) It, It is. That stuff drives me too, where yeah, just like total and utter fear and self-disappointment. Totally. I, I'm trying to be better at when unhealthy things are unhealthy. I'm trying to be better at like maybe like, yeah, that might not be great. But deep down inside, I love it because I'm like, you know what? This is the only thing that keeps me going. As long as you recognize it, that's the first step. We can work on it later. I don't want to work on it, though. I'm very, I just, it's what keeps me going. If I worked on it, then I would be cured and then I would just be chilling. I'd be like, oh, I didn't do anything and I'm good not writing for two months, whatever. I'm so zen. It doesn't matter if I write or not. Yeah, no, I operate in a completely different stressed out territory. Anyway, a lot of good stuff today. So your holiday was, there was some <laughs> writing in it. You did good. You did okay. Yeah, a little bit. We, um, I did some writing. You know what I did? Actually, Hmm. after our goals episode that came out Mm. last week, everyone should go listen, is I went and looked at a bunch of ideas and I was trying to get things in order just to kind of like, I was like, I I knew I had some ideas that kind of went went away in 2023. And then I looked Mm -hmm. back at them to see if I wanted to explore any of them again. And I just really organized my ideas even more. Like I had the goals and then I just kind of laid everything out so I could see it a bit more. And it was very helpful. There's one idea I really liked that I was like, oh, I might might revisit this. I have to say, so after our goals episode, I started looking at apps to track goals. Mm. Shit, utter shit. There's nothing but shit out there. I've got great news for you. Something happened to me today. Go on. Someone just recommended a new app for me. And I was like, I have to tell Tasha. And this app is called, I think it's called Structure. I love that name. Oh, Oh, structured and he said that it's an amazing app and it helps them stay structured interesting do you trust this person alec if you're listening i trust you i trust you but i have to give it a test structured okay okay yeah i downloaded Um, it i will check it out yeah i'll check it out we'll give it a review on the podcast you know what i like that because i was telling him i do trust him in the sense of just kind of staying organized and our brains kind of f- jump around in the same way. You know what? Okay. If anyone's listening and you have an app that's not like the reminders app or the notes app or something, like something that's just so clean and easy to use for a writer to keep track of And things, not a and- scam. Not a scam. Okay. I'm just rambling. Okay. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, okay. Today we are talking about, because we've gotten some questions uh, as the new year started, about hey, I'm starting to look for reps. That's part of my goal this year. Hey, I want to get into more general meetings. That's part of my goal this year. What do I do? So today we're going to talk about how to handle those meetings when you're meeting with reps for the first time, and then also how to handle generals when you're having those meeting executives for the first time. But first, Josh, Mm. do you have any this week in writings? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. This weekend writing. Actually, I I have a this weekend writing that you sent me, and I don't want to step on your toes. And I said this go, should be a this weekend writing. You had sent me something, which we both found very interesting. 
and it was from Lord and Miller, specifically yeah. Christopher Miller. Someone had posted about the movie 22 Jump Street, and in the movie 22 Jump Street, Channing Tatum's character finds out that Jonah Hill's character slept with their boss's daughter, played by Ice Cube. Mm -hmm. And it's this really funny scene. If you haven't seen the movie, it's incredible. I love 21 and 22 Jump Street. My wife also was a casting director on it, but that's not why I love them. <laughs> um, and this little plug. So what was interesting about it is Christopher Miller said, the scene was originally written to take place all in the in Ice Cube's office, but Channing Tatum said, if this happened, I would run all over the building telling everyone, so we set up a bunch of cameras and let him do his thing. Yeah. Why is that interesting to you, Tasha? I love this. these kinds of stories where something on set happens where a character, a character, an actor feels something or director in that moment has a feeling about something or the writer has a gut feeling about something that makes it better in the moment. And like you would never know that that wasn't planned. It's so organic. It's so good to his character. It's so funny. Mm -hmm. And then to find out it was an afterthought. Just, I love that shit. Because <laughs> sometimes, and I have found that in my own stuff, like some of the best stuff actually comes way late in the game. It's because we talk about this a lot on this podcast that your first idea is almost never the best one. So not, you know, giving yourself some grace that some of your best stuff's not going to come to the 11th hour is awesome. So I agree with you completely. And I also kind of brought it back to writing and just being a creative and being open to the idea of someone else's suggestion. And yes. it's like, all right, let's give it a shot. Why not? If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's true to the character and it's how this person would react. And it's really funny. And that could be, if you're a writer, same scenario. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, let me explore it. Yeah, I think one of the biggest downfalls of writers and showrunners that I have heard in our industry is, and, and when I say downfall, I mean not only um, personally and relationship-wise with executives wanting to work with this person again, but also creatively in terms of creating the best shows and movies possible. So the the downfall that I see with the with those particular writers where this happens is that they are rigid. They are unwilling and uncompromising, um, unwilling to listen to others. And... Um, this happened to me today as, as sort of moving into mm. my This Week in Writing, where I had a meeting with my director on Tomb Raider. And sort of out of the blue, she pitched me a completely new ending to one of the episodes. And like, I wasn't expecting her to pitch this in the meeting. That's not what the meeting was about. And at first, I was like really defensive. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> that's not what's on the page. And what's on the page is there for a reason. Like it's very well thought out. I put a lot of time into that in, in terms of the location and the tone of what's there at the end of the episode. And she was like, but like this logic problem that's in, at the, the end of your episode. So basically what happens without telling too much is that one character ends up leaving Lara behind and so Lara has no way to get back and I was like oh yeah like like that that should probably that person should probably stay so that Lara <laughs> has a ride home <laughs> yeah um even though it's more dramatic for the character to leave Lara in that moment um so that logic problem was the jumping off point for the director to start thinking about what could we do to change this like what location could we um, put this in instead of the location that I wrote it in and what she decided made that end scene a lot more dramatic than it was intended to be. Yeah. Um, 
and it made it sadder. And I didn't like that because I was like, there's jokes at the end of this episode um, that I want to keep in. And so I just had to walk through the pitch with her and be like, okay, well then if we're doing this dramatic version, which I like, there's a lot of visual stuff that you're pitching me that I like that's better than what I wrote. So like, I'm willing to hear this out. But I said like, if you're gonna do this version, this joke, how is it gonna play? Or how are we gonna hit this transition the way that I wrote it? And so we just walked through how this is gonna look and play out. And then by the end, I was convinced that it could work if sort of both of our, our ideas were mashed together. And to me, again, that's like the fun stuff. It's now that episode is going to be so much better for someone else's idea organically playing into mine. And yeah, that's the, that, I mean, we talk about it all the time. We just love the collaboration part of this business. I freaking love that. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it works and it's like, you guys are like gelling off of each other and figuring out what you can do. And it's like, yeah, this was, this yeah. is going to be great. It's, it's fun. All right. I guess I didn't okay. have really any other this week in writing. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, no, we can just get into our topic then. I mean, it's a it's a big one, I think, or it covers a lot of ground. Hold so, on, Joshua. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. You sent me a message and said, Josh, get your favorite movies of 2023 prepared. Yeah. And I know you didn't do this, but I spent I a it. lot of time just re-overlooking. <laughs> so let me just quickly list off the movies. Okay. I, I don't, I'm not going to get into why. I'm just no, gonna we don't give have to do why. All right, Tasha. I'm going to go first. Okay. This is all stemming from you asking me what my favorite movies were of 2023. And this is in no particular order. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Air. Shout out to Alex Convery. The Super Mario Brothers movie. Iron Claw. Barbie. Oppenheimer. Dungeons and Dragons. Spider-Verse. Wonka. Shout out to Mission Impossible. Wow. Wait a second. Did Wonka make the list and not Mission? Yeah, we're going to have to do a completely separate um, podcast about that. Wow. Yeah, that's why I had to say it because it kept me up. Wow. Okay. 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 I don't know. This is tough for me. So I. Okay. Okay. Burdened. Okay, I feel this feels like a burden. Um, okay, my favorite top five favorite movies of the year. Okay, I hate doing these lists. Fuck. Um, also in no particular order. Okay, Nimona, Barbie, mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, D and D movie, Across the Spider Verse. One more time. Say it one more time. Nimona. Yeah. Barbie. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah. D&D, yeah. Across the Spider-Verse. Two live action. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I am now, Josh. <laughs> All right, let's move into the main topic. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's who I am. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Should we start with reps or should we start with generals? Let's just go to generals. We got a few okay. questions about generals. Yeah. Okay. So generals are... Yeah exactly as they sound, generalized meetings that you have when you first meet someone. So it's like the first meeting you have with an executive. Anything after that, it's not called a general, it's just called a hangout, <laughs> right? It's called a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> but a general is if it's a studio executive or producer, it's anyone who could potentially hire you, it's called a general. And 
it really, again, is exactly what it sounds like. You're going in there to speak generally about who you are, where you're from, what kind of writer you are, what kind of stuff you like to write. And their job is to tell you the kind of executive they are, the kind of stuff they like to read, the kind of stuff their company likes to make, and the kind of stuff that's open writing assignments or stuff that's coming down the pipeline that they think you would be good for. Now, the way that these general meetings get set up is because they, this executive, reads one of your scripts. Your, your rep maybe sends them a sample or your friend sends them a sample or you send them a sample through a query letter mm -hmm. and they want to set up a meeting because they've read your script and I think it's pretty good. I yeah. want to meet the person behind these words. Now, I've also had general meetings with people who didn't like my script or didn't read it. Really, you can tell they didn't really read it. Um, but they sort of don't want to miss out on potentially reading someone yeah. or meeting, sorry, meeting someone new because it's one of the worst things for an executive to overlook an up and coming writer or an exciting writer that could make the next big movie. And so executives are actually very excited to meet new writers, which is in our favor. Or a general meeting could just happen because, I mean, this has happened between us, I think, Josh, where it's like, hey, you should meet Josh. He, You're looking to write action comedies. Josh is really good at action comedies. He loves writing them. You should definitely check him out. And they'll usually say like, oh, send me something of his and, and I'll meet with him. And they kind of go hand in hand. But that's that's typically how generals are set up. Right, Boom. Josh? I think so. Yeah. And I know, I obviously, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I feel like even through Twitter and email, a couple of people have asked us about this. And so it was worth talking about again. It's the beginning of the year. People are going to be going out on generals again. And no, that's exactly right. And this is also the importance, I think, of always having another script after you meet with someone because usually you meet with someone and they're like, I really liked your script. We, we're not going to buy it. And we're not, this, no, I mean, not usually this doesn't, this happens, this happens often, but like if someone's meeting you based off of your script, it's kind of like, we have something just like this, but I really liked your writing or, you know, my, your manager yeah. is a friend of mine. And so we're, I just want to hear about what you're working on. What's the next thing you do? And then you just follow up and pitch your ideas and send in the next thing. Yeah. I remember when I first started taking general meetings, I thought that the meeting was going to be I read your script. I love it so much. I want to make this. Let's talk about for making sure. this movie. And I thought that for a long time until it never happened <laughs> like no. for years. It just never happened. And that's not to say it can't happen and hasn't happened and won't happen to you. But I would say don't expect that to come from these meetings. Again, it's called a general. It's more of a generalized meeting than a specific, let's make this the sample that I read. But if it does happen to you, great. Typically though, expect you to go into the meeting and get there early. <laughs> You'll be waiting in the lobby. Someone will ask if you want water. Say yes, because you might get dry in there. <laughs> and you get into the meeting and it almost always starts with, hey, like, welcome, how is traffic? Tell me about yourself. And now is your chance to do your little pitch about who you are. And you can fuck this up. And there's a lot of suggestions out there to write your script, your sort of your little intro, so that A, you have it timed. So you're not just prattling on for 30 minutes about who you are and where you come from. But B, that you hit sort of like in pitching a movie or a TV show, you're hitting sort of the highlights about who you are. Like for me... I, I never put a script together, but I've gotten 
comfortable with sort of how I answer that question of who are you, where you're from. Um, and sometimes it'll be different. It kind of is different depending on just like how the meeting is flowing. But yeah. the essentials generally stay the same, which is I'm from here. I'm from around Cal the Southern California area. I went to school at this place in this place. I, I really wanted to write novels, but I got into to film because of this story. And um, I worked here in the business first, but I wasn't able to write very much. So I, I left the business for a while and struggled. And I kind of talk about my struggle of not working in the industry because that yeah. took me a lot of really crazy places. It took me to to Boston and um I, I came back here and was like super poor and I worked on Skid Row for a while and I like ran a homeless shelter and like I did all these things that are, I think, unique to my experience. And so like that flags for them. Like I have found that when I start talking about not film school shit, because I feel like so many people <laughs> go to film school and that's like a very common story. So people tune out. But as soon as I start talking about the struggles I've gone through, like working on Skid Row and stuff, people are like, oh, like, tell me about that. And sometimes generals have turned into just talking about my experience on Skid Row mm. and homelessness and the different stories that I've come across. Um, and people remember that. And you also bond over that. And that's something we talk a lot about when we talk about generals is that the point of the meeting is like at the top level, it's to get a job. That's obviously what we all want is we want to work with these people and have them pay us so that we can pay our bills through writing. Um, but the sort of single objective that you should focus on when you're in that room for an hour is how do I make a friend? An hour? Well, that's usually what's what's builds. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Like, get me if out of here. If it's 30 minutes, I feel like worry about it. If it's 45, that's a good meeting. <laughs> well, I feel like once, when, like, when I hit the hour mark, it's like, even I'm like, all right, we're, we, the, what, especially what, on Zoom. In Zoom, I feel like I never hit an hour. I'm so jaded on Zoom, like Zoom generals. I feel like no one wants to be there type thing. Yeah, it's tough. You have to put so much more effort on, into your personality on a Zoom meeting because, yeah, people are sitting back in their chairs. They got their TV on in the background. Their kids are crazy in the next room. It's tough. I have to dial it to 11 whenever I'm on a Zoom general. Oh, for sure. I told you about the Zoom I had uh, where the guy was uh, was just like heavily like vaping. Oh, jeez. And I was just so distracted the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> just a, a cloud guy. of smoke. Just but... a great guy. Um, yeah. So another question that kind of came up about with generals and I'd be curious to get your opinion is someone had asked about being a writing team and mm. they were wondering how, you know, obviously you tell your story if you're one person, but is there like a, a cadence that you would think that a writing team would bounce off of each other? Or like a, like a, like a, like a, a way that they feed off of each other or spending time. He, he had asked us, he was like, you know, how, how would, how would this go? Like, and my advice was just like, you got to fill, fill each other out. Maybe talk about it beforehand. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, again, a lot of people write down their script of what they say and hone it down. Um, I, I've i never been a writing partner. So when you asked me that question, I, I actually asked Steve Desmond, who's a, who's a writing. He has a, a writing partner. He wrote uh, Knock at the Cabin. And um, his writing partner is Michael Sherman. And so he told me that they just cut down their intro by a lot. They they mm -hmm. each do it individually, but they they just make it super short, like minute, 
(laughs) you know like yeah you you go you go real short and then he's like they always will ask or almost always will ask the follow-up question of how did you guys meet so there's no real need to like answer that in your little snippet like let that be the next question and then you guys can you know chime in organically as needed you can have your little story prepared if you want that's like fun and funny or unique um which i think is is worth talking about and like having that ready to go yeah i mean that's it is a song and dance generals a lot so like i said you come in and you you answer this question about who you are and the goal is not just informational it's not just an exposition exposition drop exposition drop heck yeah okay that word sounded weird in my mouth for a second. It's not just an exposition drop. It It is, so don't take half an hour, right? Just take a few minutes to just show your personality and your interests. Like I, when I was in a general once, one of my early generals, before I'd ever gotten paid to write for a living, I talked about being a history major and how I have a degree in history and I love history, blah, blah, blah. That was just something I talked about. And then I think five years went by And then I get a call from that guy who's like, hey, I remember you liking history. Mm -hmm. We have a job um, that's that's based in history. Would you be interested? And that ended up being my second ever paid job was writing this Cyrus the Great movie for these for this production company. And like that's (laughs) that was to me like a throwaway thing. I didn't necessarily practice it. It just kind of came up in conversation. But being able to talk about what you love was the lesson that I learned from that. Like talking about the things that you love become very important. And then something I've learned fairly recently because of my manager and she is also a producer. And so she meets with a lot of writers. She does a lot of generals with writers. And so she was giving me a response from a producer's point of view, which is like, what does she respond to as a producer having these generals when she meets with writers? And she said something that she hates or that, or not hates, but something that doesn't give her a lot of information is if she asks the writer, what do you like to write? And the writer mm. says, oh, I love action. I love genre stuff. I love m- murder mysteries. She's like, okay, that's not helpful because a lot of writers like to write that. But like, what do you like to write? <laughs> and so the answer that she loves to hear back and that really makes her want to engage with the writer and hire that writer is if the writer in turn doesn't say, I like to write mis- murder mystery, but says, I love father-daughter stories. Like I had this relationship with my father and this is where the, my my sort of love of this topic comes from and it's a theme that I can't move away from and these are the things about that theme that I'm thinking about. And I did that recently in a meeting um, and I thought that I rambled like crazy, but the feedback my agents got was like, oh my God, we love Tasha and she's so smart. And it was just because I like rambled on and on about like mother-daughter stories yeah. and themes about tragedy and grief (laughs) like all these things that were just on my mind because i think it was like the holiday season and i've had a few deaths in the family this year so i was like just talking about grief and so i was like i need to shut up but it turns out like after i talked about these themes that i love to think about they were like we have the movie for you we have something that i think is right up your alley it's all about grief it's all about mother-daughter stories (laughs) so like being open like that and talking about something more specific to you and what you like to write in that in that regard actually is very helpful to producers in general meetings that's beautifully said So then usually it's that part. It's so it's what do you what do you who are you? Are you from? What do you like to write? What are you working on now is often like the third or second question. And so like Josh said, um, be prepared with another script that you can pitch very quickly. I'm talking like 
a minute max, yeah. 30 seconds if you can. It's like give them the log line, maybe tell them what, what it was inspired by to again get that like sort of personal connection with the material and then just leave it. You're not pitching the whole movie in, in a general meeting. Um, something that I do, I cheat a little bit because I don't have a lot of just specs that are sitting around. If you listen to this podcast enough, you know that specs are very hard for me to write. So I don't have a lot of them just hanging out, but I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of outlines, beat sheets, things like that, that I love and that I'm passionate about. So depending on the company that I meet with, if it's a big genre company, let's say, and I get that question of what are you working on now, I will have prepared um, a genre story that I love that's like close, that's an outline form or that I've been thinking about. And I'll kind of just log line that mm -hmm. and just say like, and when they, I, f I feel like it's cheating because it's not ready to go. But what I kind of sort of quote unquote lie about in the meeting is, yeah, I'm working on it now. And like, I'm almost totally. done with it. I'm not almost done with it. I'm only an outline form, but they don't know that, right? No. And, and oftentimes they they'll say that's, they don't need to. Um, they'll say like, oh, that's great. That sounds really cool. Like, let me know when you're done. I'd love to read it. And that's a new open door. So when that script is done, I now have a place where I can send it. It has a, has a place to go, which is really cool. Um, so those are usually the three big questions you get asked. And then it's their turn. And they will usually start this themselves by saying like, okay, well, let me tell you a little bit about us. And then they will tell you about their company, what their mandate is, meaning the kinds of movies that they're or TV shows that they are being asked to develop and make either yep. by their boss, their um, whoever's funding the company. Uh, like, for example, I've met with people who are being funded by some billionaire in China. And it's like, we really want to try to find movies that would work at the Chinese audience, right? With, yeah. For the Chinese audience. Um, or if it's a studio, if they're if they're um, a production company that has a deal at a, at a studio, Universal or Warner Brothers. Universal or Warner Brothers may have a mandate that they want that company to fill for them. Um, so they'll just they'll just talk you through their company and what they are looking for. And they'll also talk about what's open, meaning what jobs are open. They're called open writing assignments, right? So like um, they might talk about a book that they have the rights to. And maybe they're still closing the rights on that book or they may have already heard takes on it. But regardless, they may pitch you, hey, I have this book that I think might be right for you. And guess how they know it might be right for you? Because you just killed it on the first half of the meeting talking about what you love to do. So now they know because I bet because let's just say and I know this because I was an assistant for an executive who took millions of general meetings. She has what she called a buck slip. So it was just like a strip of paper that I printed for her every time she had a general meeting that just had a list of all of her projects. And she would go into that meeting. And when the writer talked about something that they loved, she could go down to her list and be like, oh, this would be good for this writer. Yeah. This would be good for this writer. So every executive comes to the general meeting with that in their brain. And when they find out you love history, they're going to pitch you something in that meeting that would be good for you. That's awesome. I it's so awesome. And if they don't do that, don't worry about it. It happens a lot. They don't have something. They may not have something that's like ready to go. Um, yeah. But you can get a lot of information about what they do like so that when you finish something, you finish your next thing that would be good for them, you, you know that this is the right home. You know yeah. that now I have on my list of where we can send your spec. If you go back to episodes where we talk about Josh and, and his specs that he sent out to market and like that whole process, which is really interesting, um, everyone creates a list, right? All your reps create a list of the, the people who love Josh, the people who um, 
operate in the genre that he operates in. And so this person that you've made now a friend with in this general can be on that list. Um, and I personally, and Josh, I'm curious, like how you like to handle these meetings. Like I like to ask them a bunch of questions as well. So yeah. like it, it might feel like you're sort of the bell of the ball when you go into a general meeting because it's all about you. They read your sample. They want to hear about you, the writer. But it's not fun to go to a meeting all about someone else, totally. right? So like it becomes more of a conversation, more of a friendly conversation. You build a relationship better. This is in life as well as in this job. If you're asking them questions and I like to say like, well, where'd you come from? Like, what's your story? Especially yeah. because it's really interesting how everyone gets to LA. Everyone has a different story. So I'm just genu genuinely cur curious how people end up here. And they start talking about themselves and you can ask follow-up questions. And that starts, it, they start to basically have your, your side of the meeting where they're talking about the things that they love. And they may yeah. even say like, oh, we're working on this crazy big fantasy thing, but really I want to try to get this mother-daughter story going that's a little bit more indie and I'm struggling with that. And you can be like, oh my God, like I love this thing that you just pitched me that's really indie. Like, I'd love to partner with you and, and work on this with you, right? So like, it just creates, I don't know, it's just bigger, better to just be a person in these meetings. I agree. It's hard to do at first, I think, but then you, and you know, after a while, it's like, you're, you're just people. You're just people grinding in Los Angeles. And I think a lot of times you come into these meetings if you're just going on your first few generals and you, there's like that power dynamic and you've you sense it and you feel it and you feel like you need to impress somebody, but, and I think we've all been there, but to answer your question, the, I, I definitely, I try to just kind of read people and feel it out. And you can, in my opinion, sense pretty quickly how the meeting's going. And if you ask someone, I, you know, well, how'd you get here? We're like, sometimes they respond with energy and other times mm -hmm. it's like, Oh yeah, I worked at this company and I'm over here. So anyway, and it's like moving on. Yeah. And it's like they don't want to even answer, and you're like, okay, you just have to kind of read the room and stop trying to force a situation. And yeah, I've I've definitely <sighs> had meetings with kind of like a little uh, people who've been around Hollywood for the past 25 to 30 years, and yeah, those men and women are definitely they have no interest whatsoever talking to you about how the hell they arrived into Los Angeles. They've, <laughs> they have an entire life out here that involves like movies being made, children, divorces. Like the last yeah. thing they're thinking about are like, oh, when I got off the the plane to come to LA, like that's just- That's, that's true. That's, that's absolutely opinion. true. Yeah. The old timers for sure. They're that like, that's a that's an old question that I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> I don't even know when I moved to LA. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. And in those meetings, to me, it's more about like just presenting yourself with his most the, the most energy that you can. Yeah. Be the most pleasant person that you can. Um, be the person they want to work with. Because like, yeah, I've definitely been in those meetings that are so intimidating because they're often like cutting you off and you've prepared so much to like give your personality and they sort of don't give a shit. Yeah. But I have found that if you don't lose your cool and if you you still you know you aim for that that bullet point of I'm going to just make myself likable and smart to this person and just stick to that as your goal of the meeting. 
they will report back to your agents that you did just that. Even if you didn't get everything you wanted out or you didn't feel like you pre totally. represented yourself in the best way, they got enough of it to know um, who you are. So just hold yeah. hold on for the ride. <laughs> oh, man. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But. Can I? Okay, let's just fun bit. Your worst general ever. I was thinking about that and I can't even remember. Did you crash and burn any... Any general? I haven't crashed and burned, but I definitely have left generals where it was like, yeah, this this person and I will never talk again. <laughs> you know, where it was just kind of like, it's not like a crash and burn, but. Yeah, you didn't do anything wrong, but like there was no sort of, you weren't jiving on, in the meeting. Oh yeah, I've not jived with a couple people. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest crash and burn, I just have to retell it. Yeah. <laughs> Every year, it's like a new wound. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a holiday <laughs> or a new year. Until uh, the next time I, I, yeah. I crash and burn. I was in, at the time, what was one of like the biggest meetings I'd ever had. I think it was like legendary or something, which is interesting because I'm now working with them. Um, so I didn't, the crash and burn didn't last too long because executives change all the time. <laughs> um, but... I was in this meeting. There were two women in there in, the, in this big conference room. I was so impressed by them and so nervous. If I got a job with this studio, it'd be incredible. And um, they asked me about any movies that I'd seen recently. And I started talking about the shitty Dorian Gray movie that I just saw. Oh, my God, you guys. Um, isn't Ben Barnes the worst actor you've ever seen in your life? Just so awful. And there's silence. I was like. Oh, no, they loved this movie. No, it was worse than that. The woman was like, he's one of my best friends. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and I was like, I, like, my soul left my body in that yeah. moment. And I was just left as a shell, not knowing what to do. And luckily, the other exec was like, but it's okay. Everyone has their own opinion. <laughs> and then we just kind of like tried to move on. But Jesus Christ, that meeting just limped until the end. Um, never got a call back or anything. <laughs> no, <meeting>. really. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Okay. The tradition, the yearly tradition. Yeah. Should we move on and talk about reps real quick? Let's talk about reps. Let's talk about Rex. Because this, this question came up first on Twitter um, because someone had mentioned that their friends who were really talented writers were leaving or, or talking about leaving the industry because they couldn't get a rep and that this horrified him because uh, of, of many different reasons. A, like, why couldn't they get a rep? But B, because you don't need reps. So we just thought we would talk about that. Um, this yeah. is a much bigger topic than, than sort of like the tail end of this general's meeting. But I think it's sort of works in tandem because it's related to sort of how do you talk to reps in, in that meeting and how do you get reps? Um, but first of all, I think before we get into that, it bears saying that you don't need an agent or even a manager in this business. There have been success stories. And it sounds them. like in the this this stemmed from this thread from uh, Justin James. And I actually, it was just a pretty long thread, but I ended up reading through it. And it, just to summarize, it, it was basically that he was with a rep and wasn't getting any work. And he's, this is what I took from it is that he's an introvert. So he didn't really want to network and he didn't want to go out and meet people. And there's this perception that I need a rep. I need a rep. I need a rep. And this is why this really hit me. You ready? His father passed away 
And so that was like a turning point for him where mm-hmm. he was like, you know what, screw it. You know, he also, I think, was fed up with his reps and just couldn't leave them. But he was kind of like, that was that was like the moment where he's like, I'm going to just go and put myself out there on the limb mm. and and just kind of take over my own career. And then from there, he started to network. He started to meet people. I don't know the specifics of how he started to network. I'd love to hear it. But uh, from there, he ended up taking generals. And then from there, he ended up meeting more people and then selling multiple projects. And that's how he existed and moved forward without a rep because he got rid of his and just kind of did it all on his own. And those are the inspirational stories I think every writer likes to hear. And I think this is where you are going, but like in now more than ever, I think there are great reps and I think we're very fortunate and we have our reps. Um, and I do think reps are necessary, but it's not a, I mean, I think next reps are important, but not like end all be all necessary if you're trying to sell yeah. something. And I, I think again, because this is a bigger conversation, if you are interested in this topic, go back to our episode with Corey Deshaun, our interview where mm. we um, talk with him because he is now a successful TV writer and he, I don't even think has reps even now. And he got that job through just working in the industry in various ways and meeting people who are like-minded and similar to what we were talking about earlier in the episode, it had friends who recommended him to other people and he was getting generals and all of this stuff happened. And he is now in, in a TV writer's room without any representation whatsoever. So it is absolutely possible to have a career without them. And if you are talented, don't think that you should leave because you can't get them, I think yeah. is the big takeaway of that that whole Twitter thread that he did. Yeah. But that being said, can we talk briefly about sort of how meetings with reps when you're meeting them for the first time can go? For sure. Um, I don't know if you remember the first time you met with like Jay-Z or anything and I, how those meetings went. I remember exactly when I met with Jay-Z. Talk about it. <laughs> and I remember meeting him and I think we definitely hit it off and it's just, it's, it's, it's similar to a general meeting, you know, and that we had just discussed and you're just kind of shooting the shit talking clearly they have your script. They either saw it from, that was passed on from a friend or they read it on a, uh, from a festival or from the blacklist or wherever it may be. However, this rep finds you, they've read, they've read your stuff already and they're either going to sign you off of what you've written or they're going to read something else. And I remember meeting with him and we hit it off and uh, yeah, I mean, there was, there's not like some crazy story with, with Jay-Z. I just think we... It was a general know. where you guys hit it off. Yeah. Pretty much. He's read yeah, my scripts I mean, as well. I definitely did the rounds with both managers and agents where it was like a speed dating situation where you just meet a bunch of them. Um, like when I had my my first manager, Pete... He's like, all right, it's time to get you an agent. And I was so excited. That was like such a big deal. So he set me up with like five different agencies. And it was interesting to like, especially to go like so back to back. It was like over the course of two weeks. And the differences between all of them, I think, was really interesting and really intimidating. And I think some of the things to look out for when you're in these meetings are the reps who, the agents in particular, who are like, you are the next greatest outdoor writer yeah. in the world and um everything you do blew my socks off you're incredible and i'm going to take you straight to the top and all of that talk is great and really exciting <laughs> but like i i guess i just have the personality where i'm like nah 
<laughs> yeah. that's not real you are blowing smoke up my ass and i don't appreciate it it's uncomfortable <laughs> um like, we mean it though <laughs> truly no i mean that that might be me, uh, me in therapy situation but yeah. um you are a new writer you're not you're unproven and they can believe in you and so i ended up signing with gersh who believed in me they said complimentary things about my scripts but they also had notes on my scripts yeah. on how it could be better and more professional and um we talked about the things that i like the movies that i like the topics that i like again it was like having a good general versus the bad meetings that i have with with uh, agents that i didn't sign with were all about like the money and the next great job and i can get you teenage mutant ninja turtles and mm -hmm. all of that was like very flashy and exciting but there was something inauthentic about it that really worried me and yeah. i think if you talk to a lot of writers who are unhappy with their agents and managers it's often that they're not being heard like they don't get they they call their their agent and they don't get a call back they email them and hear nothing back and their yeah. their their reps aren't sending them on jobs and it's and it i i tend to believe this is my opinion that those those agents who are a bit flashier like that are attracted to like the flashy things the big shiny things so if you're just kind of a workaday writer who's doing the best they can to get paycheck after paycheck it's less fascinating to them and they'll work less for you than someone who is like getting a big job yeah and um maybe they'll put you in that seat to try to get the tmnt movie and if you don't get that pitch they may abandon you because <laughs> and and then just leave you there versus a rep who may stick by you as as mine have to sort of nourish you and like nurture you and try to get you ready to get those big jobs so that you don't fail and sort of are always there by your side as you as you build your career um so just like be careful of the different personalities and i think really trust your gut versus the things that they're telling you in those meetings uh, which can be hard because it's you especially if you've worked so hard and all you want is a job and you have nothing and they're flashing before you the career of your dreams it can be very hard to like trust your gut in those moments yeah um but i don't know you've had you've had reps like that who yeah. were like flashy flashy big shiny thing and that didn't work out right that did not work out i um just had a memory of when i was doing some meetings i met with kaplan and perone the, mm -hmm. the management company and i remember sitting down with the guy and it was one of those meetings where it was like midway through you're like yeah this isn't gonna work out like i forgot i i forgot who the manager was and it's a great company by the way this is an amazing yeah. company i was so yeah. like amped up for it and i was like please just let me sign here i just mapped out i remember him asking me he was like what's your plan like what do you what, what's like your end game and i was like i want a first look deal and i remember him looking at me he was like i was like i you know and i was like i remember saying like i see the way you're looking at me but it's gonna happen and he was like okay <laughs> So amazing. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that story. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But in short, you can operate without a rep and do not let it discourage you and quit what you're doing. No, absolutely. I mean, we all had to fire our agents a couple years ago and everyone was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's good. Love you, Mark. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Mark's coming on. Mark will come on. He's the best. Mark is at Gersh. He's great. 
So that's it. I mean, that's that's, that's sort of that's what we got for you today. Yeah, all things we just had to talk about. It's the top of the year and important stuff. Yeah. If you want to suggest topics, you can at Patreon backslash Act Two Writers in our Act Two Writing community. You can also email us if you'd rather at Act Two Writers at gmail.com. We are here. Yeah. We are open to things that you want to talk about. And um, please, even if it's nuanced and weird or you think like, oh, this would only apply to me, it probably doesn't. If it applies to you, it applies to probably all of us. <laughs> all right. Quote of the day. Quote of the day. Write. Rewrite. But not writing or rewriting. Read. I know of no, sh- no shortcuts. Larry L. King. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. I'm Joshua Hallman on X, formerly Twitter, and Josh Hallman uh, Instagram. As always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist. Mm-hmm.